If you're ready to lose weight, Noom Weight can help. Our weight loss program uses the latest in psychology and behavioral science to help you better understand your relationship with food and build long-lasting habits. And the best part is, you decide how Noom fits into your life. We won't tell you what you can or can't eat. Instead, we'll give you the knowledge and tools you need to make informed choices that fit your lifestyle. Start your trial at Noom.com slash habit. That's N-O-O-M dot com slash habit. Welcome back to another episode of Back to the Berg presented by Jagoff Sports. My guest today is Terry Grissetti from Shenango, PA. He was a three-sport athlete in high school playing football, basketball, and running track. He then went on to Slippy Rock University, where he continued his football career. Uh, he found himself in the Arena Football League and Indoor Football League for several years, but now he is an assistant strength and conditioning coach at Youngstown State University and the owner of Grissetti Performance in Elwood City and Newcastle, Pennsylvania. Terry, how you doing today, man? I'm doing pretty good, man. Thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. How are you doing? I'm doing all right, man. I'm, I'm glad we could get you on here. I'm glad we had a mutual friend that could get us connected. Yeah, yeah, definitely, man. It's, it's my pleasure. Yeah, so being that you're the first person that I've interviewed that isn't from Beaver County, <laughs> tell me, <laughs> what is there to do in Lawrence County, like when you're growing up? Well, I mean, I guess it's not that much different than, than Beaver County. Um, you know, similar, similar place, similar people, that kind of thing. Really not, not anything crazy going on, so you got to kind of make your own fun up. Um, you know, growing up, you know, me and my friends, we would – I mean, this is before finished basements. I always say that, like, kids nowadays, <laughs> like, they have these – like, as a coach or, you know, as an adult, it's easy to look at these kids and be like, you know, well, why are these kids – they're so lazy nowadays. I'm like, well – their houses are, they got finished basements. They got all these video <laughs> games. Like, you know what I mean? So like, why would they leave? You know what I mean? So <laughs> that, yeah, I grew up. Hanging I've out never heard one. that before. I've never heard someone say, well, you know why they're staying inside. They can go in the basement. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What I mean, mean, my basement, I mean, it was like, you needed a dehumidifier. Yeah. Like, it was like, you know what I mean? Like I had Tupac posters like taped up against my wall, you know, um, but yeah, it's just another thing for them to do. You know what I mean? It's just, it's, they, they have a lot more stuff going on and they can hang out with their friends sitting down in their basement. They're in different places. Even like you can sit in your basement, play video games with your buddy that lives across the street. You know what I mean? Yeah. You don't even have to um, go outside and see them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So on me, I mean, we used to drive around a lot, you know, we would, um, you know, hang out in parking lots. Um, we, we played a lot of sports in parking lots. Like, you know, it would be midnight. We'd be throwing a football, playing basketball. Um, you know, things like that. It's not like I'm super old. I guess I'm 34. So I kind of, I'm kind of old, but like, I kind of know still what's going on, but you know, playing video games and, you know, typical kid stuff, but there's definitely not a lot of crazy stuff going on around here. That's for sure. Yeah. What was the, like, what was the hangout spot? Like I know in Beaver, we, we everybody went to pizza Joe's, everybody hung out. Yeah. Pizza Joe's. Where did you guys hang out? We used to hang out in the uh, in the plaza, and it's called Lawrence Lawrence Village Plaza. It's actually where my gym is now. I like look out the windows and I think uh, like reminisce about all these great times where that, we that literally just gave cars. me chills. Yeah. That gave me chills, <laughs> yeah. man. It's like you yeah, grew up yeah. there, now you're like making a living there. That gave me chills. Oh, dude, I, where my gym is, it's crazy. So I got my training facility. Uh, my high school was right, maybe you know, a thousand yards away, so super close. And I got my uh, – and I live the opposite way, about a 1,000 yards. So, my gym's in the middle. And then 
the cemetery where I'll get buried at some days oh right God. behind my gym. I'm like, I'm right in the mix. I mean, this is like my area. Living <laughs> and dying in Lawrence County. You got to love oh it. Oh, my God. Yeah, I don't know <laughs> if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but that's where I'm at right now. <laughs> so you went to Shenango High School and you played three sports. Um, which one do you think you were best at in high school? And why did you choose football? If, like, maybe that football was the best. That's why you went to the next level. But, like, what was the other one you could have picked, like, could you have gone played basketball? Could you run track? Maybe go to the Olympics? <laughs> oh, I don't know about the Olympics, <laughs> but I um everyone said my best sport was track. Um, yeah. See, I didn't really. It's a funny story. Our, our track coach at Shenango told me I never wanted to do track, and he said, "Listen to me. Listen." He said, "You don't really have to go to the practices. Just show up at the meets and compete." That was my junior cool. year, and all my friends wanted That's me to dream. go. So I'm like. I'm like, hell yeah, I'll go. And I ended up like breaking every school record in every event that, that I did. Um, so it worked out well. So people say that that was my best sport, really. But, you know, I was all state in football and track. Um, in basketball, I scored 1,200 points. I was pretty good in basketball. I don't think I was a basketball player as much as I was an athlete. But um, I had some D Division two offers in basketball. And then, you know, I obviously, you know, at, at a high school, I got offered by three Division one schools for football. Um, so I chose Liberty University and I went down there and um, Liberty was great. Um, you know, it's a high level of football, you know, great facilities, great people, super religious. Uh, you know, yeah. I'm religious myself, but I mean, dude, whenever you can't even play Grand Theft Auto and you're 18 years old, I mean, you know, what, oh, I mean? There's crazy. Like, what does this have to do with me and God? You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's what, that's what it came down to. You know, that was back when like G Unit was popular. I was like trying to listen to them, 50 Cent, <laughs> like I was getting like yelled at all the time. And, um, I loved it down there, but it just kind of wasn't for me. Is that kind um, of why you left those because of that? Like, yeah, it was just, your personal I, I, lo life? I loved, yeah, I, I love being away from home. Um, you know, I, that's why I went there originally. Um, you know, it's down in Lynchburg, Virginia. So beautiful campus and everything. I love my coaches, but actually my coaches ended up getting fired like the end of the semester anyway. So that played a big role in me leaving because I was pretty close to my, my, my coach, yeah. Ken Carter, Ken Carter and Frank Rocco. They were both from like Shaler, North Hills area, and they were like the only people from Western PA. We had a cut. We had a linebacker named Manny Rojas, an O lineman named Sean Boyle. But other than that, we were the only guys. So like those guys were graduating. I kind of didn't really feel super comfortable. And then on top of you know me not being able to play Halo One, you know, it was just a uh, <laughs> was catastrophic. That's crazy so, to me. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like that's kind of what it's like at Duquesne. But like I feel like Duquesne's a little lax. So I know Duquesne's yeah, well, a big. Duquesne yeah, yeah, yeah. I know Duquesne has some rules. The one school around here that has a lot of rules is Grove City. Um, yeah, they're yeah. super strict. <laughs> and that's more like Liberty. You know, it was just, you know, it, it is what it is. You know, I should have looked into it, I guess, more, you know, on the front end. I guess I was 17, 18 years old, kind of didn't really know what I was doing. You know, and so it is what it is. I learned my lesson and, you know, made some good friends down there and it all kind of worked out. So, so before we get, before we jump all the way into your college career, I was told by a mutual friend, Anthony DiNardo, that you allegedly scored three touchdowns against Darrell Rivas in a high school playoff game. <laughs> we, we, talk, we briefly talked about this before the podcast. You said you had to be there. So take us there. Like, what, what, what well, was the game with the semifinals? What, what was it? Just tell yeah, us all it was about just, it. <laughs> yeah. So it was a playoff game. Uh, we played Aliquippa. It was the second round of the playoffs. Um, 
you know, we were traditionally a running team. And, you know, I think that matching up against them, you know, I don't think we could run the ball as we normally were doing against other teams in our conference. So we had to open up the passing game a little bit more. I was fortunate, man. We had a lot of good athletes in our team. Our quarterback was a really good player. And, you know, we just – we threw it a lot more. And, you know, I made a lot of good plays. I was always a good – like, that, that, that game is the reason why I – I became I was on the radar for football. I mean, after yeah. that game, I had a, a handwritten letter in my in the next week from Joe Paterno at my high school. <laughs> oh wow! Yeah, yeah. yeah. So like <laughs> at, when that game after that game was played, there were so many people in my ear about recruiting, and my recruiting just just blew up. Um, and and it just kind of like spiraled into me getting offers and me going on visits. But you know, the thing the thing about that is is though is like the road. I had a great game. You know, my teammates put me in a great position to be successful. We ended up losing, though, so I guess how good, how great of a game could it have been? Um, but, but at that point, Darrell Rivas really wasn't that popular. I mean, he was my yeah. friend. You know, we grew up together. I played against him in sports growing up. You know, before the game, we talked. And it was – to me, it was like another day. But, like, that night, um, I remember, we, like, we were talking. Me and my friends were outside in, in the parking lot across the street from my house playing football. It was like 1 o'clock in the morning. A cop pulls up. And they would let us, you know, play out there or whatever, you know, just before we weren't caused any harm or anything. And he um, he was like, dude, you know who that kid was? I'm like, yeah, he's like, he's like, he's like one of the best, you know, DBs in the state of Pennsylvania. I was like, oh, really? You know, and it's just kind of like he ended up the, – the, the moral of the story is he really helped. He made the day. I guess I had a good game that day, but no one would talk about it if he wasn't so good. So he's yeah. the one who deserves <laughs> the, the credit. But we laugh about it. I, I saw him – couple years ago and we were talking about it and like there was a point where I would go in Aliquippa like you know when I was in college one of my best friends was from Hopewell in college and I'd be I'd be in random places and people would like take pictures with me and like say oh, yeah. hey there's the kid who dominated Darrell Rebus <laughs> and this and that and like and everyone the, the funny thing about it is I wore a pair of white Kobe's I don't know if you remember those moon boot looking Kobe's oh, back yeah, yeah, in the yeah. day the basketball yeah, yeah. shoes I wore those because it was on AstroTurf, and everyone still brings up the white Kobe's <laughs> to this day, you know, whenever I see them down in Aliquippa. Wow, But they that's had other crazy. good players, man. I mean, they had, like, Marcus Council, who was a freak. Uh, Anthony Paroli, who's actually one of my mentors, uh, he was on their line. He's, he's the head strength coach of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers now. Uh, Tommy Campbell was on that team they had. He got drafted. Um they had they had a lot of good. Oh, Mike Washington was on that team. I played with Mike for the Power. He was a really good receiver. Yeah. So I was gonna say that name man. sounds really familiar. Like I used to go to the Power mm-hmm. games all the time. And yeah, Mike Washington really played familiar, with me for yeah. the Power. His nickname was the Joystick. Like he yeah, was like yeah. super shifty. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Mike's a great dude. Yeah, he's a great yeah. dude. So, well, um, do you ever tell like if you have a kid on your team like at Youngstown? It's just like doesn't respect you for some reason. Do you get in his face and tell him like you know you know who I am? I scored against Revis three times. Like do you know that? <laughs> no, I don't. That, that's the crazy <laughs> thing. I wish he was still playing nowadays. We're right. all getting older, so he's retired now. Uh, and you believe it or not, these young kids don't even know who half these people. That's are. what I was about to like, say, dude. <laughs> like, listen, I'll be I'll play like Tupac in our weight room, or I'll play like Dr. Dre or like DMX, dude. They don't know who he is. I'm like, what is, what is going on here? You know, oh like, how, how is this world turning into where you don't know the sound of Tupac or Biggie's voice? You know what That's I mean? That's crazy. Like, like, I thought, yeah, like I mean, now you're making me feel old. Like, I'm, I'm 10 years younger than you, and I feel old now. Yeah. Because yeah, you said well. that. Like, of course, I know who Biggie and Tupac are. But oh, now it's, kids it's, don't even that's, – that's crazy to me. It's crazy, man. It's crazy. But I blame the parents. Know. 
but yeah, I don't, I don't, I definitely don't, I don't bring up the Rivas story often. Only when, when people, you know, ask only when me. people ask. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. So you went to Slippy Rock uh, after Liberty. What, what? Well, we kind of got into what made you leave. But do you have any stories? Like I know Slippy Rock is notorious for being a party school. Do you ever have yeah. any stories from like Ginger Hill house parties or anything? Um, man, yeah, I got a ton of stories. I mean, there were stories where. I've I have parties that one of my the craziest story is one of my teammates I watched him bong a bottle of wine that was the craziest thing I've ever oh, yeah, seen I've done that before yeah oh wow <laughs> you're, you're a champion too I, me personally I barely barely even drink even to this day when I was in college I didn't really either I mean I would go to the parties and I was super social and everything but I was never like the dude getting like dragged out yeah um but yeah I mean dude up there there's a ton of stuff going on it's 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 really fun up there and it's fun because it's just old school fun because there's not like i mean like you said there's ginger hill and as you get older you go there but you know before that you're just in house parties you're in the middle of nowhere you're you know there's a million people the cops are busting in you know so it's it's pretty funny you know it's uh it's definitely an old school when they used to have this uh, a thing they had up when i was up there was called the pig roast uh they actually got rid of it i think (laughs) because the kids got in trouble but Probably. It was super fun, you know, just all the football players getting together after the spring game and a lot of the other students, too, and all of our friends would come from home. And that's, that was the nice thing about being from Newcastle, right down the road. All my friends could come up and I could come back home whenever. So that was always nice. Yeah, so like my brother, he went to – oh. <laughs> yeah, my bad, brother. You're good, man. So my brother, he went to Slippy Rock, and um, he would always – he like, I was in high school, and he'd invite me to come up, hang out, go to concerts or whatever. But every time the pig roast came around, I never got the invite. I think oh, he, my God. I think he hater, was afraid. Man. I think he was afraid that I might – something bad might happen. <laughs> well, yeah, there was a thing, like, there was kids who um, – they were, like – I want to say they were, like, on top of a light or a light post or beating up cars, and they were doing all kinds of crazy stuff there, man. I mean, it was – it was insane, some of the stories they had from that. Our, our pig roasts weren't like that. Nowadays, they have these super nice, like, apartment complexes and stuff up there. Yeah. So, like, we were in, like, houses and stuff, like, off the grid. So, like, you know, cops weren't really, like, stressing where we were at because there weren't really a lot of regular students out yeah, there. Yeah, but now you know? they can be like, oh, we know who's in Unit C or whatever. Cause, like, yeah, for sure. Yep. All right. Mm-hmm. So, let's talk about uh, your football career at SRU. What are some of your high points there? Did you guys ever make playoffs or anything? I wish I could say there were a lot of high points. Um, we, we, we had some good teams. Um, I played three years there. Um, you know, we had, we had some really good teams, played with a lot of good people. Our, our best year, we went nine and two and didn't make the playoffs. Uh, we went eight and three another year, didn't make the playoffs. It was just the way the PSAC was. Back then, yeah. I hate to say it, but like Cal PA was just – they were it. I mean, they were getting – every transfer you'd watch a kid play it you know on tv one year and you're playing against him the next year you know it was like it was brutal um but but they had a really good program then I mean we did too we had a lot of really good players like I played with a couple guys who you know played in the NFL and you know I had some opportunities and it was a lot of fun but you know success in terms of making the playoffs winning the conference I wish I could tell you oh you there hello there we go Dude, my power went out. <laughs> oh, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah, I know. What the heck? Yeah, yeah, but yeah, like I said, I wish we had would have had more team success, but yeah. you know, yeah. things didn't go according to plan in that in that in that regard. Yeah, I mean, hey, at least you guys had a winning season because I played one season of college football, 
we went five and five and I went to Beaver and like we always made playoffs. So I was yeah. like, no, I'm not having it. <laughs> I'm not Where did you anymore. play at in college? Uh, I went to Bethany College, D3 oh, school. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know about Bethany. Yeah, for yeah, sure. Was, down there in West Virginia. Yep. Nothing big, but I was. Oh, like, dude. I mean, college football is tough at any level, man. People yeah. don't really realize it until they get there. Yeah, you know? exactly. And like for all the hard work we were putting in and only coming out five and five, and like I hate to say it, but I was used to a winning program. Yeah. It's, it just wasn't for me anymore. Yeah, it's tough. That, that's one thing as kids struggle with is being in a good program, then going to college and, and not being as successful. You know, it's tough to stomach. You know, like a lot of a lot of people take winning for granted if you're on a good team in high school. But, you know, when you're not when you're not winning in college, it's brutal because it's way more business. Uh, there's way more yeah. of a business feel to it because people's jobs are on the line. You know, there's oh, I was reminded of that every practice. <laughs> that yeah. Somebody's job was on the line. Yeah. But no, so I was watching your YouTube videos. And I was, I just wanted to say, like, if I think if I would have watched those when I like first got to college, I probably wouldn't have quit like college yeah. football. I would have kept playing because you're, you're, you're a good speaker. Like, you know how to like get to somebody, like tell them like, Hey, it's got, it's hard work. You got to put it in. I think yeah. if like I had somebody like that, whenever I went into college, maybe I would have kept playing. Yeah. Well, dude, if I had someone like that, who knows? I might still be playing too. I mean, it's just, I think the one thing about me as a strength coach that differentiates, you know, me from other strength coaches that is that I understand the side of, of people who do not love lifting weights because I was yeah. once a guy. Um, and I think you have to be able to, as a strength coach, relate to those guys and get them to understand the importance of, of lifting weights and how it applies to playing football. Like as a strength coach for me, you know, in my gyms, you know, we've trained tons of NFL guys. I'm a division one head strength coach, but like, I don't put boards up, you know, a thousand pound club. He did this, he did that. I don't, I care what people do in the weight room. Trust me, we lift heavy, we lift hard, but the way you can judge my success as a strength coach is by the success of my athletes and the success of the teams that I coach. Um, that's all I care about. I care about, you know, moving weight to win games. That's the most important thing to me. And I think when young players understand that, um, I think they're a lot better off that, that the weight room isn't a place where it just sucks and you got to go super early, you know, having a strength coach that, you know, also understands, okay, it is early. These guys, I'm not going to think that these guys are going to wake up and be super energized to be there, but it's my job to get them to understand that is important. You have goals that you need to accomplish and I have their goals and I know their goals and I can hold them accountable to those goals in the days they want to and the days that they don't want to I think that's important. So with your professional career, you went to the the Steelers practice squad. Did you do that first before you got into the AFL? Uh, I, I, I that never happened. I wish it would have. Oh, happened. really? I was no, told. No. I was told it happened. No, well, you keep telling people that that's true, though. Okay? <laughs> even, though even though I'm telling you it's not. Um, so I, um, I worked out for the Steelers a couple times. Um, didn't end up getting signed. I worked out for a ton of NFL teams. Okay. Um, and then what happened is after that, um, that's when I got into playing arena football. So. Okay, so what what went into signing with the power? Because I know it was it was a startup team. Lynn Swan yeah. started it, whatever. Yeah, so um, it was crazy actually. I um, so my ball. I was working at a facility, Powertrain Sports in Wexford. Uh, it was my first job training athletes, and uh, my the my boss at the time, his friend actually became the head coach of the power. So they had this big open tryout and like he was telling him, Hey, put Terry on the team this day. He's like, well, we got to try him out and this. And then he's like, okay, well, I had to go to this tryout and I actually 
like killed this tryout. Like it was probably the best I've ever, I've ever performed in my life, you know, from a football standpoint. Um, and they signed me that day, you know, so oh, that's I, awesome. yeah, yeah. They, they signed me that day. Um, and I was, I actually tore my quad for when I played for the power. Um, so I didn't end up get a, I didn't end up getting a chance to play, but I practiced a, a hell of a lot and it was super weird playing arena football. Um, yeah. Like what's mentions and it's more yeah, like that, yeah. basketball, you know, it's, it's weird to get tackled on such a hard, you know, floor. And one thing I will say is those pads are super hard to go around the field too. They're not soft. Like they're, they're hard. Pads. <laughs> really? so like, yeah. If you get into the hit into those, it hurts. But yeah, it was interesting. It was fun for a receiver for sure, but it was a totally different game than regular football. You know, my game didn't really translate into that because I was more of like a big receiver and like, I mean, I guess some aspects did, but like it was more about like shifty guys, like how we talked about Mike Washington. Like he made a living in that league because of how shifty he was and how quick he could get by people and, you know, things like that. Now you also played for the Rochester Raiders in the IFL. What, mm -hmm. what, what was that experience like, like that being before, away from Pittsburgh? Yeah, that was before the uh, the power. Um, oh, that was before. Okay. That, yeah, that was that was before. Um, it was it was cool, man. I mean, I actually played a lot for them. That we, to be honest with you, dude, that that league was probably better than the Arena League. I mean, I played against like Peter Work in that league. If you if you remember who that is, he was an, he was I think the number two overall pick in the NFL draft. He from Florida State. I played like my team was loaded in that league. Um, and it was fun, man. And we, you know, we traveled a lot on buses and stuff like that. You know, those arena leagues don't have a ton of money, but you do more for the exposure. But like at the end of the day, there's so many, like at that point, you know, I was 22 years old, you know, there were 30 year old guys on my team that were obviously way better than me at that time. But like, in my opinion, guys should like that should have never been able to play anymore. Like, it's like, like, I'm trying to get in that league to get out of the league. I'm not trying to like be yeah. like a arena receiver for the next 20 years. You know what I mean? Like, and that always, uh, that always made me mad that like guys were playing and getting more targets and touchdowns than me who like didn't have they've a been in the league for like seven years. <laughs> yeah, they were, uh, get me wrong. They were better than me and they were yeah. good. But like, it's like, okay, well, these guys don't have a chance of playing at the next level. You know, I'm 22, just got done with school. I just worked out for the damn Colts. And I'm here a week later. I should be like in the mix a little more. I know I'm not that good, but I need to learn. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. And that's one so, thing that always made me mad about that league. So what? So I assume with the since the power was after the Rochester Raiders, when you tore your quad, was that when you started to shift your focus to be more of a coach? Um, I was really shifting at while I was playing, you know, for the, for Rochester, I worked up in a gym up there called house of speed, um, in Rochester, New York. Um, and I went up and, and worked under Don Beebe in Chicago for a little bit. If you remember who that is, uh, he played for the bill. Yeah. He was like the littlest white receiver. I don't know if you ever saw that video of the, the offensive or the, the defensive lineman for the Dallas Cowboys running for a touchdown. And he like stopped and the dude caught him in four. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's Don Beebe. Okay. Um, but I worked under him for a little bit, and then that got my feet wet with training. And, um, you know, then I did more of that when I got back to Pittsburgh. Then at Powertrain, I was kind of like, okay, I want to be a strength coach now. And that opportunity just came out of nowhere um, for that team. So I'm like, screw it, I'll play again. And then, you know, at that point, I was already transitioning out of football anyway. So, Gotcha. And then you started – did you uh, do your performance center before you went to Youngstown State? Yeah, so I, I worked in – my facility opened up in 2014. 
Okay. Um, so I worked at Powertrain down in Wexford from like 2010 to 2013. Um, then I opened up my facility, like I said, in 2014. And I, and I got this job at Youngstown in 2019. So I was a strength coach at Slippery Rock um, for two and a half years before Youngstown. But, but yeah. Gotcha. So what's it, what's it like being just in general a college strength coach? And then you get put up to that D1 level. Is there a change? from like the D2 with Slippery Rock to the D1 with Youngstown State? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. there's a big change. Um, you know, just chain going up a level, you know. That's one thing that, you know, I don't – We froze again. But just the demands of, of a strength coach more than anything, you know. I mean – Could you say that um, one more time because you froze? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> um, no, no, the difference between D1 and D2 is big. You know, players are, you know, bigger, stronger, faster. You have a lot more responsibilities. There's a lot more travel. And there's a lot – there's bigger expectations, especially being at Youngstown with such a tradition. And, you know, when I got the job, you know, Jim Tressel's our president. And, you know, Bo was our head coach at the time. So, like, you know, that's a ton of stuff, you know, going on that, you know, it's, it's, a, lot, it's a lot more to worry about for sure. Yeah, and then at your performance center, I was looking at some of the testimonials. You got some big names in there. You want to talk about them? Um, yeah, I mean, I, we've trained a lot of people. I, you know, I'm not sure who you're referencing, but, you know, I, I've trained, you know, James Harrison. I've trained yeah. Lawrence Simmons. I've trained – I mean, I've probably trained 200 – probably 200 NFL guys at this point. You know, it's it's kind of crazy looking back at it. And, you know, it's um it's been a crazy journey – to get to this point. Um, but I think it's really just a testament about, you know, the, the, the really good people that I've learned from over the years. And, you know, I've, I've had the opportunity to learn training from and life from, and, you know, my family and my friends, and also, you know, all the employees that I have now and my assistants at Youngstown, all the people that allow me to do all these great things that, you know, I don't think it'd be possible without them, you know, but yeah, there are a lot of great testimonials. We've been really fortunate. I mean, and the thing is, is like, as we as we're in it more and more, you know, there'll be more testimonials from better players because of the players that we've got now saying good things. And that's just kind of how it's always been. It's just a word of mouth type thing. I don't really do a ton of marketing. It's just mm -hmm. try to treat people right, train people really good. Um, you know, our training facility in Newcastle and, you know, my trainers and the strength coaches that I've had work for me and, you know, over the years are phenomenal. You know, I mean, it's true strength and conditioning. This isn't no, you know, it's not a joke you know we're yeah. doing this is like a division one style training program or we have we're fortunate to get kids little kids and get them all the way up till they're in a college and develop them and you know i've had so many kids go away to college like you know marcus hooker um uh, gino stone donovan jeter like local kids who ended up be at big schools you know the first thing they say when they go or they're like wow i already did all these lifts i already know how to do all this stuff and that gives kids such an advantage when they get there because it's just one less thing to worry about you know, it's when I went to college, man, my strength coach literally used to have me losing my mind in the weight room, you know, because he was so hard on me. I didn't know how to power clean. I didn't know how to do this. I didn't know how to do that. And it was embarrassing, you know, for me. And it was just one more thing I had to worry about at the end of the day. I mean, I'm away from home. I'm meeting new friends, girls, academics. And then you got on top of it, the weight room pounding you, you know, it's just and I tell kids that it's, it's one thing that you can focus on to alleviate stress in your future. And it can end up being a sanctuary if you, you know, handle your business in there the right way and focus on your training in high school. Yeah, for sure. Now I know it's a business for you, but like, what was it like to train guys that were playing for the Pittsburgh Steelers? Like the team that you grew up with in Pittsburgh? 
Um, at first it was, it was a little weird. Um, you know, I remember when I went for my interview at, when I was down there in Wexford, um, you know, I was relatively young, you know, I was probably 24 years old and, you know, I pulled in a parking lot and I went in there and it was, James Harrison was in there. Like, um, Max Starks was in there at the time, Paul Puzlesny, um, Sean Lee. So guys like that. And like, I knew some of those guys beforehand, but like just, just being in there with all those guys was a little bit weird. I've never been like starstruck by anybody because it's my job, you know, at the end of the day. Yeah. Um, but honestly, to, I'm now to this point where there's to the point where I just don't really care at all. You know, I, I just got every guy is just another guy who I get a chance to work with. It, it means nothing who they are. You know what I mean? I could train a little kid that's five years old that, you know, his parent wants me to bring him in and just exercise him and have fun with them. Um, and I look at that the exact same thing as if I was to train Carson Wentz or something. I don't know why I brought up Carson Wentz. <laughs> he was just on my mind, I guess. But you know what I mean? Like, it's it's really the same thing. Like, you know, I guess people, you know, if I was to post it online, people would think it's a big deal and you have to do that as a business. But for yeah. me, literally man it means absolutely nothing and I'm not just saying that it just really doesn't you know it just you know you're in a position to put put people through a service that can make their life better of course there's more things you have to worry about when you're training high level athletes and the most important thing is is keeping them healthy um and, and putting them through an experience that they enjoy um but you know it is what it is at the end of the day it's your job and you just got to put your best foot forward and do train whoever is in front of you to the best of your ability and i think over the time if you do that then your clientele will be a reflection of who you are as a person and a trainer gotcha all right well before we head out of here um i was told you're a huge rocky fan oh yeah and you have a rocky tattoo i do are you able to show it to us <laughs> yeah i could try to right here it says oh, i am the tiger <laughs> I'm actually getting this whole – I'm getting a, a sleeve here, a Rocky sleeve. I, I'm making my appointment here this week. Um, but, yeah, I love Rocky. Love everything about it. I grew up – my dad really pushed. He used to drop me off at Pee Wee football practice with Eye the Tiger blasting. I get out. Um, there's just a lot, of, a lot of examples in that movie of, of the person that I, I strive to be. And, you know, I, I think that, you know, everyone has a lot to, to, to gain from watching those movies. So now this might be an impossible question, but which one's your favorite? My favorite is Rocky three. Um, it's oh, not, really? It's not even close. I, I think that, you know, when you ask people that question, let me guess, is your favorite movie Rocky four? Of course. Yeah. That's what everybody, <laughs> but, but if you, my thing is if you, if you really get to know the character of Rocky Balboa, like his, what he goes through in Rocky three is something that we all go through. You know, he, he experienced loss. He had to come back from loss in that movie. And in Rocky Four, he did too. But I think Mickey Dine was a little yeah, bit. Yeah, no, more that, that's a great point. Um, I mean, he 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 was at the top of the food chain, and he got cocky, and he forgot how hard it was to get there, you know. And then he he started surrounding himself with people who were telling him everything that he wanted to hear. And then he had to go back to the basics to become who he really was. And that's why the, where the song "I the Tiger" comes in, and you know what I mean. Just his his mentality when he fights Clubber Lang the first time versus how his attitude is the second time, I think is, is something that's, it's, I love it. I mean, it's it, just the way he looks in that movie when they're about to touch gloves and he says, I'm about to break you. And he says, go for it. You know, it's just, yeah. <laughs> it gives me chills right now. I mean, he's just, it's good, it's good stuff, man. That's awesome. Well, thank you for joining us today. I really appreciate it, man. Yeah. Um, go follow Terry on uh, Twitter 
I got to pull up your Twitter real quick. Unless you know it by heart, you want to you want to say it? Yeah, it's just my name, Terry Grissetti. Also, I apologize for all these the the, the rain here. I guess it's cutting my. Oh, power. no worries, no worries. I had that same problem like two or three weeks ago. Okay. But yeah, yeah, hey, man. Thanks for coming on, man. Yeah, you're welcome, man. Thank you for having me. Me, I haven't really woken up oh, until I've had my McDonald's breakfast deal. And I know this is true because before breakfast, I put my phone in the refrigerator and couldn't find the keys that were already in my hand. Nothing gets the morning going like the first sip of an iced coffee. Get any size and any flavor for 99 cents until 11 a.m. Price and participation may vary. McDonald's. I'm loving it.